welcome to Your Health Hustle Show, the podcast that gathers health, nutrition, fitness, and wellness intelligence, then giving you total access to it all. Stay tuned to your own potential, create that world-class day, and simply be incredible. We're always assessing for threat. You know, do we fight, do we flee, or do we freeze? Listen, Hustlers, welcome to another episode. This is episode 28 of Your Health Hustle Show. Today, this is something I've been meaning to do when I first set up this whole podcasting gig. Book reviews, because there's so much great stuff out there that we need to read, that we need to decipher, that we need to get into our lives. Today, I am joined by the First Lady of Psychology. It's just becoming an in-house, what Your Health Hustle Show regular, the <laughs> fantastic Dr. Diane Haspel Johnson. How's Dr. Diane today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here again with you, Carl, and with this audience. I love this show. It's a special place in my heart. It's awesome. It really is. You you cover such great territory, and I think you make it so accessible and so interesting and dynamic. I, I love listening to the show. I always learn something, so I'm wow. thrilled to be here. Wow. And again, listeners, there's, I was not straight from Dr. Diane. No money took place. There was no need to bribe <laughs> or nothing, you know, in case people are thinking, no, really? Oh, that is so kind. Thank you for your kind words. Today, Dr. Diane, we are looking at yep. the book in an unspoken voice. Healing trauma, is that right? Yes, yes. By the wonderful Peter Levine. The quite fantastic and an extremely very good friend of yours, Dr. Peter Levine. This book was written in 2012. Uh, sorry, 2010. I do beg your pardon there. This is a, this is a deep book. Yes. I, you know, I wish I was, I wish he was, I could say he was my, um, a dear friend of mine, but I have, I have, um, I only really know him professionally, but I am um, so, uh, I'm, I'm, well, I've had the great privilege actually of presenting um, two, uh, three clients of mine for case demos to him. So I've been able to actually um, create histories and bring the clients up in front of him and have him um, do a demo on, on people that I'm working with. So I feel very privileged about that. And I've done a, a couple of master classes with, with Dr. Levine and I'm, I'm going to do another one because I I'm yeah, so you've got some upcoming as well. Is that yeah, correct? yeah, yeah. I'm so, yeah, he's, he's really, um, an incredible force. And I would say, I think it's fair to say, um, one of the top trauma researchers in the world wow. actually. Yeah. Listen, as I mean, you're getting value for money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really are getting value for money. So in an unspoken voice, Dr. Peter Levine, who I believe Graduated as a PhD in medical biophysics in Berkeley, California. The book opens up with a fantastic quote, and it's Aristotle's, In all things nature, there is something marvellous. Now, after reading the book, I went back to that quote, and I found it, whatever happens, there is hope. That's the way I interpreted that quote, and I thought it was a great start for the book. Can you give me your background with Dr. Peter? So, you know, um, so I'm a, as you know, I'm a psychologist, licensed psychologist in California, and I'm also a, a hypnotherapist. So I've been doing hypnosis for about 25 years. And that's really my specialty, particularly, as you know, working with sleep and health issues and, you know, anxiety, things like that. And about, let's see, probably it was in, I think, around 20. 12, maybe 2013, 
I was at a conference and I did a one-day workshop with um, Dr. Peter Levine on somatic experiencing, which is um, the name of his technique. Yeah, that is and, Yeah, that is. Yeah. yeah and, and um, you know, he was presenting all these things about the nervous system and how as just living organisms, we're always assessing for threat. You know, do we fight? Do we flee or do we freeze? How does that work in the nervous system? How do we assess those things? What is the consequence of those things in terms of our mind, body, and spirit? And, and so I was listening to all of this, very interesting. And then he called up someone from the audience to do a demo. And I was watching this demo, Carl, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I can see that this person is literally healing before my eyes, changing Ooh. before my eyes. And I don't understand what Peter is doing. I, 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 I've been exposed to all these different techniques yeah. in my life. You know, my, my father yeah. is a, a osteopathic cardiologist. My stepfather is an internist allergist immunologist who is a holistic. My, my mother is oh, a Oh, it's like living with the Titans. Yeah. I mean, I have this incredible <laughs> background. Yeah. You know, these great brilliant. people. And, and I'm watching Peter Levine work and I'm seeing that he is transforming this person and I have I I can't understand what he's doing. He's just talking gently to them. It's not woo-woo at all, you know, but it's something yeah, yeah. is happening. I have to try this. And then I was like, well, I could either go find a somatic experiencing practitioner or I could get trained in it and that way I would experience it myself and then since it's clearly so effective then I could go on and incorporate it into my practice and try to help people. And so um, that was kind of how I got started with it. And then I started the training and it's like a three-year certificate training and you're practicing on each other and you're doing personal sessions. And then I've done some of, as I said, some master classes more recently with Peter. And I just love it, honestly. And I think the book is a really... Um, you know, it's, it's very, it's a little bit of an intense book. It's, it's got a lot of yes, information definitely. in it. Don't you think? To be fair, it, it's a wonderful book, you know, you're right. Intense and it's, it's a dense read. And there was times I had to reread, but, um, yeah, carry on. Talk yeah. I mean, there's also, I mean, I think that, I think they have it on, um, on audio books too. So I think it's something that people can listen to if they're interested in it. But, you know, I can tell you a little bit about what I've learned because maybe then people, the please, listeners might be interested do. in um, deciding if it's something that they want to read or look further into, or maybe just think about some of these concepts. Uh, you know, so, so what's, what I think is so interesting about somatic experiencing is that it's all physiologically based, but it's so practical. So right. it's really about the way that we, as living organisms, experience the world. So all the time, all living organisms pretty much are assessing for threat because that, that's what we have to do for our survival, right? And so we decide, is, there, is it safe or is yeah. there a threat? And if there's a threat, what do we do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so we, our systems are configured in such a way that we have a couple of choices. Do we fight or do we flee? Exactly. Right. So maybe the first choice is to sort of escape. So that's a flee response, 
right? And what happens in our bodies to do that is that we, you know, we, we get ready to run and um, our breathing changes a little bit and our heart rate changes a little bit and our muscles, you know, get a little bit more tense and ready to, ready to flee, right? Ready to escape. One of my worst experiences thinking back was the fight or flight mode. It was a flight mode. I remember being in flight mode and you described it perfectly. Everything got darker, muscles got tighter. Could I run fast enough? And this was like, this is, I was totally just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But you know what was going through my head, Dr. Diane? What? I am not certain that I am going to get out of this okay. And that was a terrifying thought to have reoccurring in, in the flight mode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so so what you're describing is a really important point, which is is that, you know, the flight mode, that's a that is part of our hardwiring, right? And so there's not really a trauma that's associated with that and there's not really a lot of fear associated with it. But there is a little bit of fear because that's part of the experience of threat, right? So when we experience a threat and we're we're afraid and we our system says get out, and what should I do to get out? Okay, let me try to, let me try to run. Yeah. And, and if, if we can easily run, then that's a, that's a relief and it feels good and we get to safety and then that's, it's all well and good. But if we think, well, what if I can't get out of this? Well, then what do we do? So then we have another choice, we, right? We can, we can also fight. And, and that's, you know, then we're going to start to get, angry fight an opponent right so that now maybe we have the fear and we have the anger we want to fight after we you know flee or we want to do a mixture of both of those things right and that's just i think all of us have can relate to this i assume all the listeners can can relate to this because it's just a natural part of our physiology and then if you can't do that and you have this thought which you had which was is a sort of terrifying thought of like well what if i can't what if i can't get out of this what if right i am not certain i'm going to get out of this okay it was running through my head yeah exactly and when you have that running through your head what's happening is it's like that's you know we start out sort of in our gut like our our intuition tells us our yeah, abdominal brain right because it has it actually is like a brain that's living in our gut that says there's a danger and then that sends a signal to the brain in our head and the brain in our head says, hey, yeah, there is a danger. And then the, our gut says, oh, my gosh, you think so, too? <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to have to run. And then the brain in our head says, I don't know if, you're gonna, if running is going to be enough. We, make, we might be stuck here. And then now, all of a sudden, we're getting, we're getting more and more agitated, right? Because, oh, totally. Yeah. And so then if we can't flee and we can't fight then we start to go and override what's happening in our systems. We kind of go a little bit offline and it's like we're going into this really kind of like a freeze response. Freeze response doesn't necessarily mean we're paralyzed. Sometimes paralyzed, it can mean that. Yeah. But, but it really kind of first means go on automatic pilot and do anything that you can do to get out of this. It's like, you know, the, you hear the stories about the 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 mother who lifts up the car to get her baby out or yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or the person who is like in a dangerous you know, situation and, you know, cuts Somehow their leg. Miraculously, and, you know, superhero breaks, kind got out of it. Yeah. Like, you know, like the breaks their leg, breaks their arm, doesn't even re- feel the pain until, 
you know, after they're Absolutely out of the situation. True. Finishes finishes the race with a finishes a, a boxing match with a broken hand, and yeah, and they get through that. Exactly, exactly, and so that's really a version of this freeze response. And so I, I think when we're in that, when someone's in that situation, they they're really just mobilizing for survival. But there's a cost to doing that to the nervous system. And so what somatic experiencing does, and what what Peter Levine really has um, researched and worked with, is how to help the system, the nervous system complete that response and return to safety, right? And so I think like as a therapist, that's such an important thing, right? Because the first thing that I ever want to do as a therapist when someone comes into my office is to make them feel safe and to understand what feels safe to them. A therapist like yourself, a fantastic therapist like yourself needs to create that safe environment. Is it it a safe environment or an acceptable environment? Yeah, like, you know, I think it's really about attunement. And, um, and I think that that's one of the things that I love about um, both the book and somatic experiencing is, you know, one of the teachers that I had at one point said to me, um, the, the number one thing that we are trying to do as therapists, the f- sort of the first thing we're trying to do is to create coherence. Coherence is really attunement. Coherent meaning you and I need to be on the same page. Is that like same page for progress? To make progress, we have to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. To feel safe, you need yeah. to feel like someone gets you, the environment is harmonious, right? When there's when the environment isn't harmonious, that's when we're assessing the most for threat, right? Something is not right. See here, something is yeah. not normal. Something feels out of the ordinary. Do I need to do something about it? Is that is that unique thing? something good or something bad, right? That's what we're always assessing for. So if you think about it from a nervous system perspective, if there's this feeling of I live my life and I'm safe and I know that I can run fast and I know that I can do these things and I'm you know, feeling good and I know how to manage myself in my environment and all of a sudden there's something that feels like a threat, like it felt like a threat for you and you think, okay, I'm going to run. Exactly. And then you think, well, what if I can't run? What if I can't get out? Then that is a lack that sort of starts to feel like a lack of coherence. And and when you're afraid, you're like, well, I don't know how I'm going to rely on the things that are going on within me exactly. and, and outside of me. And maybe these things don't mesh. You put it perfectly just before that, doctor, the environment wasn't good that I was in. Right. Through no fault of me on, the environment just wasn't good. Right. And so there's a, then there's a, there's, you're alarmed because there's a lack of coherence. There's a lack of harmony between what's going on inside of you and what's going on out in your environment. And what you want to do is you want to restore that harmony. And so I think that that's kind of like a great way to think about our lives. I mean, as you know, that I I do self-hypnosis every single day and I, and I have taught a lot of people self-hypnosis and that you know, sort of, I'm on this mission to help people sleep with self-hypnosis. And one of the things that I talk about is, is how hypnosis creates this bridge between sort of our environment and our, and our busy lives and our internal state. It helps us to create a harmony, if you will. So to me, I look at, I love hypnosis because I see it as a bridge and it's, yeah. and it's a way to access that internal, safe, harmonious 
space. And I think that when we're in environments where, where there's a real threat, like it sounds like you were. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, it's appropriate for the, the body to say there's danger and to feel fear because you need to be mobilized and get out of there. But sometimes then late, so later, then it's a matter of well, what happens later. Do you return to your normal? Do you return to a state of real safety and calm? Or when you think about that, do you get activated again? Do you get, do you start to feel what that was like and feel? When I became, when the environment became safe, it was when I had a time to reassess, calm down. Yep. It was, it was anger. Right. So that's, that's more of that, a, yeah. so it was a flight response that then moved to sort of a fight response. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And, and what about now? Like when you think of it now, you know. No one could have came anywhere near that diagnosis, by the way, doctor. So yeah. thank you very much. When I think of it now, I, I did the right, I had, I had to do that thing because it was, it was a situation that just wasn't good. Right. <laughs> I've just been in the wrong place at the wrong time, minding my own business. And this thing had happened to me. And when I say when I got to that environment where I was safe, when you mentioned that superhero kind of phenomenon where you think we can burn bars and live cars, if an Olympic coach had seen us run that night, I would have probably been on the track team. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah once it shook down and calmed down, which, which I was good at, you know, relax and calm down. It was, it was anger. I was wanting to go back. And- well, so if you think about this now and you think about how your, what your body did for you, Right. And how you did run, you knew to run, you got away, you got to safety and you feel anger, which is appropriate, right? That's entirely appropriate. And that's like really you taking your power back, that feeling of anger of this shouldn't have happened to me. And, you know, if you take a moment just even now and you orient yourself, if you will, like that's one of the the things that we talk about in, in somatic experiencing or orientation you focus on the goodness of those feelings of that feeling because feeling anger of like you know I was doing th- I this was no fault of my own I was minding my business I was I was doing things right and I made the right choices to get away exactly and to, yes. to get back to return to safety there's a lot of strength and power in that right so if you take a minute now and you really feel that in your body, that strength and that power of my body took care of me, I did the right thing, my body ran so fast, fat, like 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 Olympic fast, like faster yeah, than I normally like would. That's incredible. On an icy night, that was the thing, because I just thought if I slip here and smash anything, I'm really done for, but it was, it was an icy night when I had to run. And you know when they, you feel like the odds were stacked against you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it totally felt like. So if so, so with somatic experiencing, this is a great. This is such a great example, Carl. If you if you take the time now, instead of just orienting to yourself to, you know, you know, that was so terrible, and those which is sort of like this, you know, this negative experience. But if you instead right now are orienting yourself to, wow, it was an icy night. The deck was really stacked against me and I did everything right to get myself to safety. My body came through for me. It was strong. It was powerful. I knew what to do. I acted fast and, you know, and it, though it was unjust that I was in that situation, I really did everything right and my body did everything right. And if you take a moment to start to really feel that in your body and 
orient yourself, focus yourself on those resources that that's and you just were to to you know to take a pause, take a minute, and feel that strength, feel that acknowledgement. It's like an appreciation of abundance for my body because my body ticked the boxes, right. did the right thing. So, what does that feel like in your body when you take a moment in your body? Do you feel a tingling? Do you feel a? Do you feel it in your legs? Do you feel it in your? Where do you feel it? Right now, from head to toe, because I am thanking my body for doing that. Right. So when you feel it from head to toe, is it, what is the felt sense of that? What is it? What is it like? Is it? It's like a pulse, mm-hmm. uh, an electronic pulse. Awesome. Awesome. So that. So yeah, exactly. So if you take a moment to just notice that, it's kind of an interesting thing, and it's kind of pleasant, isn't it? It feels like I could smash myself through walls, if I'm honest. Yeah, so it's a power. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels toward the force. Yeah. So so that this, what we're doing right now, is a, a, a little version of somatic experiencing. Maybe we didn't plan for that, did we? No, we didn't. But here, here we are. And I want to say to the listeners that, that this is something, I, I know it seems so simple. Um, and you, you, you might be listening to this and thinking like, well, how can this make a difference? But it really does. And the way that it makes a difference, and this is part of, of you know, I hope I'm doing justice to, to Peter Levine's work here. Um, I'm sincerely trying to. Oh, um, you're doing great. I, I think that this is what, what he, he has um, designed from a somatic experiencing perspective is, is having people trained to, to help people to, um, orient, if you will, to the resources that we have. And particularly when there are traumatic experiences or experiences that haven't completed in the nervous system. And so when there's, what happens with the nervous system is, is that the nervous system assesses for a threat and it gets activated. And what it's looking for is the discharge. It's looking to return to normal. It's looking to to know that it has recovered from the threat and it's safe. But sometimes our nervous systems get stuck. And so when we do something that's simple, like what you and I just were doing, where you start orienting towards the strength and the power and the resources in just even such a simple way, this was a simple example of it. What happens is, is you started having some changes in your body, right, Carl? You started to have yeah, this totally. tingling and this you felt a pulse. From the head, moving its way down and then coming back up in, in a pulse type of form. So exactly. really subtle. And 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 what's what what's so wonderful about that is is that what that is, is that's the, the cortisol. You've heard of cortisol, right? The cortisol, which is like this adrenal hormone, adrenal if you will. Glands. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Is starting to to downregulate. It's starting to to come down and the threat experience that was that has been living in your body. It's been there waiting for what just happened, which is that it's waiting to really slow down and have the experience of feeling the power and the strength and being able to know it's safe. So when you start orienting to, wow, I'm really powerful. I did the right yeah. things. My body did the right things. It took care of me. That's the that's like that's like a parachute, right? I like to think of it so so that people can remember this. Maybe people have heard of when when we get activated, when we get stressed, when we get 
um, when we experience threat, that's a sympathetic activation in the nervous system. When, when it comes down and we get that rescue response and the adrenals can calm down and we feel safe, that's parasympathetic. And I always remember it because like parasympathetic is like a parachute. We're looking for the rescue response. It's a good way, it's a good way to remember it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so, so what, what we just did is to allow you to just focus on some of those resources. And th- even that just starts to help the system calm down. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense because if, obviously, with, with looking at um, biohacking in the last, like, the, say, the last 12 months pretty, pretty in-depth and obviously coming across it with Peter's book of the fight, flight, can I ask you a quick, quick question on sure. fight or flight? We could be feeling tired one more week, or we could be feeling tired, we could be feeling hungry, lethargic, yeah. we can't be bothered, and bang, we come across a fight or flight scenario. Does it feel like... Everything goes out the window and fight or flight overrides everything, every feeling, every emotion. Is it such a powerful force? So powerful. So powerful. And I think it's really that, um, you know, that's where we need to survive. Our number one goal is to survive. So if we perceive something as a threat, and I say perceive something as a threat, specifically because, you know, um, well, then, then it's a threat from our nervous system perspective. But sometimes we can have a threat, like you, you were in a situation where you were truly under threat. And then if that's not fully resolved, if we, we get to safety, but our system hasn't fully um, figured out how to organize it, what to do with it. Yeah. Well, so it's sitting there on hold. Like, you know, one example. Yeah, there's I no resolution. Yeah. One, one example I sometimes use to um, sometimes to to like clients when I'm explaining this or to, or to just people, you know, friends when I'm trying to explain this is I think we've mostly all had the experience of, you know, being in whatever, being 10 years old and being in a class and the teach, you know, we don't like the teacher and the teacher calls on us and wants an answer and we don't know the answer, right? Or someone in the class doesn't know the answer and everybody starts to laugh. They do, yes. Yeah, yeah I think and, then, and what do you want to do? You want to scream, which you can't do, or you want to run out of the room, which you can't do, or you want to yell and throw something because it's not which fair, you can't. Yeah. which you can't do. So what do you have to do? You have to freeze. You can't fight. You totally do. Yeah. You can't flee. You have to just sit there and freeze and wait for the, the, the next bell to go off so you can leave the classroom. And then you have to go on with your day. And then you feel kind of like not so great kind of angry. And later on, you're, you know, you're something happens, you're home and, you know, your mom says something to you or your brother says something to you and you, you, you know, you snap back and, and they're like, what, what's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with your car? Yeah. And, and you don't know. Well, and you, you think of, well, well, it's cause you said this. Well, actually, guess what? It was an, maybe it was an unresolved feeling because you were yeah. trapped with that teacher and everybody laughing at you and and you were frozen there and and you couldn't fight and you couldn't flee so how do you come out of that it wasn't just forgotten with your with your classmates when that class finished that that carried on for a while oh you know i can't even tell you how many people over the years i've seen for performance anxiety or fear of public speaking where they flush and they get sweaty and they stutter and they come to me for hypnosis for that and I would say nine times out of 10, 
they experienced some, a situation like the one I just described. Whoa. It, it's an unresolved response. And then, and then they went out and they tried to public speak, you know, when they were 12 years old and 15 years old, and then, you know, 25 years old and 40 years old at, at work. And now it's become a, a bigger problem. Well, guess what? It goes back to that first unresolved experience that the nervous system keeps looking for other situations that seem a little bit like that situation. Because what it wants to do is it wants to get relief. It wants to have that parasympathetic, that parachute. And so what somatic experiencing does, and I think what Peter describes in a lot of detail in this book, is to talk about the, how we can help the nervous system to relax and calm down. You know, I, and I, and I want to also say, I, I have found for myself, and I have found that um, for a lot of the people that I've, I've worked with and spoken to, having certain things that people can do, like forms of meditation, or like in my case, yeah. self-hypnosis, those things at least give people a sense of a quality of internal resources and safety. So I think that for me, in, in my training as a somatic experiencing practitioner and in, um, in working with this, even for, within myself, you know, because we, pra- we practice, we have to do personal sessions, we have to do consultation sessions as part of the training. I think that my experience with doing hypnosis on a daily basis and having some way that I can feel safe, feel comfortable, connect to my inner resources, that I think really helped me because then when I was working with some of the experiences that even I personally had had that were unresolved sort of traumas or stress experiences, I had those resources within myself that Mm -hmm. I, I knew how to tap into. Why? Because I've been doing it every day. And so I really recommend to the listeners that when, when, you know, all of you listeners are going through your daily lives Maybe start looking for the things that are resources for you and, and then start to think about like, oh, what does it feel like? What is that felt sense in my body of feeling good, feeling resourced, feeling safe? What situations feel safe? How does it feel in my body to feel safe, to feel good, to feel strong? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense because when, in Peter's book, he had mentioned the fact that I wonder if that's frozen trauma. Could that be classed as frozen trauma? Because it would be the one thing that I would yeah. always bring up if someone says, right, Carl, you're going to experience fight or flight. Yeah, I've got a great one, actually. Unfortunately, trauma is a fact of life. So is it an experience, Dr. Diane? Do you think it's an experience trauma? Because you see, it's a fact of it's going to happen to us as much as we do not want it. Nobody wants it. Yeah, I think it is. And, and I think one of the things that, that Peter talks about in the book that I think is a very, very profound. And I know, um, you had kind of noted, um, something in some of the, the emails back and forth between us about this is, um, is this concept of, you know, tonic immobility, which is essentially like the, the shutdown, the the paralysis that sometimes happens when someone experiences a sense of helplessness in, in the face of, um, of, like really mortal danger, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so then um, when there's this freeze state and, and there's really that, that total paralysis, that, that sense that, of, that escape might not be possible or isn't possible, immobility 
is not in and of itself traumatic. What's traumatic is when that immobility is coupled with fear. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, it's, you know, we can have experiences where, where we're immobile. Sometimes like when, you know, when, when you're lying there or sitting there meditating or doing self-hypnosis, you might be very still. And that's not a a big deal. That's actually can be quite, you know, resourcing and comforting. It's the, when the fear is there, it's the framework of it. And that's why I say, I think that when we orient ourselves to a sense of safety, a sense of the, you know, being in the environment, it, it actually takes us to a different part of the brain. So that, that fear response, that um, immobilized response, that's, that is in, happens in the amygdala. I think, you know, some people have heard of the amygdala and that's that yeah, kind of like, yeah, that, that really primal reptile brain, that fear response that kind of can go on automatic pilot and it's just about survival. Well, there's other parts of the brain that are oriented towards feeling safe and resourced. So when I, one of the things I also talk about in, in, um, in my office, in my office, I have a, 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 a pretty flower, like an orchid on my, on the table right in front of, of me and my clients. And so sometimes when I'm explaining about somatic experiencing, I'll, I'll say to them, you know, um, if there was a bear in the room, you would need to be hyper-focused, right? On the finding the exit where's the way out yeah yeah where's the way out your your muscles would get tense and your heart would start beating and um and your breath would get a little more shallow because you're getting ready to either run or fight or maybe even play dead but but you've got to be focused you don't have time to to sit and have a pleasant conversation with me you don't have time to uh to crack jokes or look at these pretty flowers that are on the the table between us You've just got to get out. Do people react differently? Because you know, you know. See, I could point out the window. I know I've got to jump through that window. But you see, when that bear scenario comes in, that window might not just seem there. I've got to go in and out, up and down, and I've just got to get through a window because that kind of feeling can happen. Right. Yes, and I think that that's why one of the things that I say to people is, yes, sometimes there really is a threat, and if there's really a threat, it's wonderful, like in your case, Carl, that your body took over and did what it needed to do. But then. That if that memory is still there and it isn't resolved, what do we do with that? And 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 you you might sometimes say, "Wow, you know, it's an icy night and you know it's dark and uh, and um and then maybe every person on the street seems sketchy to you and whatever else." Well, so then you might say to yourself, "I know I'm safe. Like, why am I getting agitated? Why am I getting anxious or stressed by this?" And so one thing you can do in that situation is if you look at it and you say, I know I'm safe. I know there's no danger here. Let me, let me, um, let me talk to my, I'm, I'm taking a walk here with, with a friend of mine. Let, let's, let me have a conversation about something that doesn't really matter so much. Yeah. Let, inconsequential. Let's, let's try to face something to laugh about here. Yeah. Let me look around. Oh, look at those, look at the moon. Oh, I see the moon. Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful night. Wow. And the, the air is so clear. And wow, the temperature feels so pleasant. And, yeah. you know, you're orienting yourself then. Start cherry-picking the something good. Well, not, yeah, not just something good, but things that you wouldn't be orienting to if you're under threat. So one of exactly. the things I say to people is, if we're sitting here and you start 
look and I and you start looking around the room and trying to find something that's pleasant to you. You look at the flowers, you start counting the petals on the flowers. You don't do that if there's a bear in the room. So when you start to do that, when you start cracking jokes to me, that's going to take your system out of that freeze response. Right. right? Yeah. I want to tell you a, I want to tell you a story. I had this interesting experience. So this was maybe 2 years ago. So I was already a somatic experiencing practitioner. I knew this material really really well. So my husband's son and I were in Costa Rica and we went we were in the rainforest. We went to the most um wild and um rustic area and there's a there's a big national park there, Corcovado National Park. And um we were staying at this like lodge and we wanted to go into the national park. So we arranged to have a tour guide take us in there and um, you, there are no cars allowed in there. Um, and so you, you have to sort of hike in. Yeah. So you're grounded. Yeah. And it was really, really hot. Really, it was, you know, it was August. It was hot. It was muggy. It was humid. So we, we set off early with this tour guide. We're supposed to meet the tour guide at, at the park with, which is about a mile away from where we were staying at 8 a.m. And there were there was a couple that was all that was staying at the same lodge that was on the same that hired the same tour guide. So we were in a group together. We didn't really know them. And so we, you know, it was the, the three of us and then these, this couple. So we're hiking in, and after maybe two or three miles of hiking, we get to the ranger station. Now we're only first really apparently entering the park. We've been hiking now for two or three hours or for a couple of hours and it's two or three miles already. Um, and it's, it's a ways. So I'm thinking to myself and I'm, I'm not that athletic. I'm not that big of a hiker. I mean, I like to hike, but pretty easy hikes. And this is on uneven ground. And I'm thinking to myself, it's really hot and I'm already tired. And I actually think I'm probably about to my halfway point here. Like, I don't, I hope we're not going to be going too, you know, too far. (laughs) Well, but I was with a group and I I couldn't, I mean, I was kind of stuck, right? And there's, I'm with, because I'm with four other people, two of whom I don't even really know, who have paid money to this tour guide. So I think, well, I'm I'm just going to have to hope it's going to be okay. So we hike. Let me tell you, those tour guides in Costa Rica, those, those guys are tough. I, I mean, he kept us at a New York pace. Let me tell you, we were going really? fast. Oh, we were on the move on uneven terrain in like, I don't know, 90% humidity. And it is really hot. And we are going. And we are going for hours. We, we do not stop. So after about, I'm going to say four hours. And it was, it was about five miles in. Finally, we get to this half, the, what they consider the halfway point. And, um, How did you feel when you know that was the halfway point? And you got this, like, it feels like a debilitating kind of feeling. I was a little bit anxious about it, honestly, because I was like, this is, this is intense. So then we rested for 20 minutes, thank goodness. And then we started heading <laughs> back. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Now, by this point, it's two in the afternoon. And we, and we are about... Um, a mile and a half, a mile and a half to two miles from the lodge, and I, you know, and I'm, I, I move my hand, and I notice that my hand really hurts, and I was like, oh, that's weird, and so I make like a fist with my hand, and I notice that when I, when I 
close my hand, it really hurts. And I'm like, wow, I, I can't believe I didn't notice that my hand has been hurting. Is something happening here? Like what? Is it cramping on anything? Or- so I, I look at my hand and the rings on my hand, I have my wedding ring on, it, it's, my hand is so swollen, that Ooh. ring is not moving. And my hands are really hot. And I suddenly was like, oh, wow, this is not good. Like this, this is, is edema. Good. Like I'm actually really swelling. And this is not good. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I have quite a ways to go. And I start noticing, so that now I start noticing that I haven't really been noticing what's happening in my body. I've been on, been on automatic pilot, right? I've just Got been you. walking because oh, yeah, yes. I, I, I crossed over a line and didn't notice. I couldn't fight. I couldn't, fl- I, I was fleeing as quickly as I could. I was basically in a freeze state. I was still walking. But I was, I was not registering what was happening in my body. I, my hand was so swollen and painful, both of my hands. So then I start, so I thought, start thinking to myself and I think, we have a couple of miles here and I could faint actually. Like I, I'm not in good shape here. So what am I going to do about this? So I think, well, I'm going to lift my hands up to, to my, you know, my face, towards my face so that at least the blood is going to start to flow down. Right. And I'm, you know, and, and, you know, cause if your hands are over your heart, the, um, it'll start to take some of that fluid away. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking this and I'm walking and I'm thinking to myself, I'm actually in a freeze response and this is not good for my nervous system. This is really costly for my nervous system. Cause this is a couple of miles still. And I could be, I could have like I could not feel well later if this keeps up. So what am I going to do? So I thought, well, I know that if there's a bear in the room, looking at the, there's no time to look at the pretty flowers. So if you look at the pretty flowers and you start thinking about the pretty flowers, that's basically tricking your brain to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm safe. There's not a bear in the room. Everything's okay. Yeah. 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 So I think, okay, I'm going to start looking around. I'm going to make sure that instead of just looking one foot in front of the other, which is this hyper-focus like you would have if you had a bear in the room. I'm going to start looking around at the scenery. I'm going to start listening to the other conversations of, you know, the people in my group. I'm going to start counting the leaves of the plants as we walk by them. I'm going to say to myself, oh, that's an interesting plant. Oh, I noticed that plant when we were coming back, when we were coming in before. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to have, what there's going to be for dinner. Oh, look at this. Oh, I, oh, look at those those flowers. Oh, this tree. Look at that. The bark is interesting on that tree. Different hues. The colors is a great way. Yeah. And so what was so amazing about it, Carl, was that as this was happening, the swelling starts getting better. I start feeling my body better. So ultimately, when we get back to the lodge and I'm alone with my husband and son, and I said, wow, that was crazy. And, and my <laughs> husband and son, now my, you know, my husband is a martial artist. My husband and son, my, my son was a high school wrestler. I mean, they do Krav Maga. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, t- they're like, yeah, you know, they're like, yeah. yeah, they're tough. They said to me, that was the hardest hike, hike done. I've ever taken. <laughs> uh, and, and then the next more, and, and the next day, they were both sore. The other couple that we were with th- th- at breakfast the next morning were like, oh my gosh, I, we didn't think we were going to make it. And I, none of us were complaining because we didn't want to hold back any of the others. They were sore 
Everybody in the group was sore except for me. Twisted your body? Twisted your mind? I was practicing Peter Levine's techniques, these somatic experiencing techniques, and I was regulating my nervous system, and I was aware of the activation, but I was also orienting myself to the resources. I feel... I know I'm strong. I have these techniques that I've learned. They're coming in really handy for me now. I'm going to look around. I'm going to orient myself to that. I'm going to check back in with my body. And I was having this dialogue. And amazingly, I was the only one of the five of us who, who slept like a baby, felt <laughs> great. Everybody else was so much more fit than me. How did your, your husband and your son react? They were, they were, all, they were happy for me. And, and honestly, then when, I, when that happened, I felt so empowered. And that's one of the things I love about Great. this book. And one of the things I love about somatic experiencing is I think it's really empowering. It's, it, it does, going back to what you said originally, it brings hope that there are yeah. things that we can do on our own. And this is, you know, you know me, Carol. I, that's yes. what I love. That's why I'm all about you know, teaching people self-hypnosis. And, you know, that's why I have all these like free resources and whatever else. Fantastic resources, by the way, Dr. Diane. Oh, thank you. And, and it's because it's all stuff. about empowering people to tap into the tools that they already have. And that's why I think that, that um, Peter Levine has become such um, a force in the field of trauma resiliency, you know, really world renowned because it's simple. And it works. Mm. And it's about tapping into the resources that we already have. And unfortunately, with, with Dr. Peter, he had a horrific experience with an accident that he had whilst walking, was hit by a car. Yeah. Trusted his body, was it comfortable with his body, and let it shook out. And he looked for the, a friendly face that was there. I think it was, it was a medical yes. professional. Someone was just so happened to be there yep. and kept on resonating with that friendly kind face and let everything shook out which we would be staying in fight or flight mode but he kind of right i was going to shake this all out right uh, i'm I'm on the right terms there yeah yeah because and i think that what you're bringing up is a really important point and i think it's um the reason that that he was able to do that and the reason that i was able to do what i did there in the rainforest was because i had the education of it and and when you understand something about how the system works, that right there is empowering. So he knew what was happening, right? And he was then able to um, follow what his body was doing and not be afraid of even the fear, not be afraid of the, you know, he knew what to orient to. He knew what his body was doing and he could let his body do what, do what it was doing. And, it, and then he recovered remarkably well. So, um, as, as, you know, in my little example, as did I, so I I think that that's, it's really great to, to have an understanding, you know, that's why I'm so happy that you wanted to do this show because I think it hopefully gives the listeners some understanding of how the nervous system works and what they can do to support themselves. This is such a loaded question and it was in the book and it was, where does trauma go when we, when we get rid of it? Where where does it go? And I thought that was, wow, right Dr. Dyer, <laughs> I'm going to come to terms with here is the fact that 100 years ago, 50 years ago, we didn't have half as much as what we've got now. And now people are more stressed than ever because to me, stress, am I right in thinking stress could lead to trauma? Yeah, it, it, it can. I mean, I think particularly when it's chronic and 
when we sort of go offline, when we leave our bodies and just go on automatic pilot, that's a, that's a great tool sometimes. But if we're doing that too much, you know, it's, it's, it's dysregulation. And so it's really, again, it's about sort of coherence about being attuned to our body. It's not a problem to have an activation. That's what our bodies are supposed to do when, when we have real threat. But we also need to then have the, the discharge, that parachute response, that rescue response. And we need to be attuned to what's happening inside of ourselves. And um, again, I think like what you talked about, that sense of safety that, that, totally that Peter true. had when, with this, um, when he had a trauma, looking for a sense of safety and, and our daily lives. And, and again, that's why um, as you know, I'm on this mission about um, teaching people self-hypnosis and providing resources to do that or med- you know, t- people learning meditation Transcendental meditation is a great technique or mindfulness. Some of these techniques, I think, are really helpful in helping us to to, um, heal trauma and helping us to to keep it at a distance, to minimize, to build our own resiliency, and so we're less um, vulnerable to trauma. I mean, one of the things in the book, which, like you say, we've been back and forth with, with great notes between each other, and, and I thank you for your um, input. It's been superb. Is the fact that the more we struggle with trauma, the greater the grip it does have on one. And I think that's a frightening thing, like a frightening concept to come to terms with. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I really would um, encourage the listeners to to maybe um, – read more about somatic experiencing because I just think it's such a great technique and it's, it really helps build internal resources or to read the book and, um, or, you know, even if, if, if they prefer to start with something that can help them on a daily basis to build those resources, some kind of like meditation or self-hypnosis or something like that, I think it serves really well. Yeah, it's down the line. Is there such a thing as trauma proof? Well, I, you know, um, uh, Peter Levine has also written a book called, um, I think it's called Trauma Proofing um, Your Kids, which is a, about that. And I think that there are things that we can do. We can't prevent, obviously, things happening and traumas occurring. But what we do with them is internally, that I think we can do a lot to build our own resources and to um, help us to recover more quickly. I mean, obviously, there are certain circumstances that occur and in everybody's lives that are upsetting, but there's a difference between, for example, grief and and, and sort of like an appropriate grief and trauma. You know, it it can feel traumatic, but it doesn't have to immobilize. It doesn't have to stay with us in a way that, that creates dysfunction or creates physical symptoms that are are chronic, that create chronic problems. So I think it's really about, building our resiliency, understanding that where there's activation, there is discharge. So where someone experiences activation or stress, it's that stress is looking for the resource. So orient yourself to the resource. Think about, well, you know, I'm feeling tired. Oh, well, there's actually something pleasant about feeling tired. It says that maybe my body, you know, it sometimes feels kind of good to feel like, ah, oh, my body just actually wants to rest. And that's so pleasant. So we can orient ourselves just in daily life to the, the, the good parts. Exactly. It's what we spoke about on the last podcast. When I listened to my body, I didn't need the Apple watch or a Fitbit or anything, right. any device to tell me that I was 
physically tired and I've got to just, just rest up. Yeah, but it was a good feeling because I know I've worked hard. Yeah. And it's great to know, like when you feel, felt that you're tired, you were tired. Wow. That's a great feedback system. That means your body is working. It's telling you, Hey, yeah, I'm exactly. tired. I, mean, I need to rest. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you know? So, so that's wonderful. So Dr. Diane, you are obviously, I mean, you're magnificent on this podcast yet. Again. Oh, thank you. As are you. <laughs> what was your top takeaways from the book? Um, my top takeaways from the book, I guess, are um, just that, that I think that, that we, are, we have resources within ourselves. And, the, and it's just a matter of orienting ourselves to them, really understanding that the body wants to survive and it's going to guide us to that end, right? It's, it's when we have an experience of feeling of threat, the body is trying to tell us something. And if we slow down and listen, that's, that's going to help us. And if, if the body is caught in a loop, there are things that we can do to help the body to recover. And that is a very empowering thing. I think, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, it's really about feeling hopeful. And somatic yeah. experiencing, I mean, I have found it incredibly valuable, it, both in my work and personally. I mean, I really feel like the things that, that I would have experienced as stress or trauma before learning somatic experiencing, now they sort of roll off me. And or I know what to do with them. And so I think that that's, that's really pretty profound. It's very empowering. Yeah, that's, that's hugely empowering. One of the things that I found from the book, was, which was crazy, was um, if an animal has a, a bad experience, a fight or flight experience at the same water and hole, it tends to go back to the same water and hole. Exactly. Well, they know, they know, I guess, that it was situation specific and they're going to be watchful, but they still need the water. Right. So exactly right. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be as if they let their trauma go and they let their fear go because fear, you see, a fear shuts down. It'll shut down more all because it's such a, it's it's such a fear itself is, is a powerful concept. Is there anything else you would like to bring to this fantastic podcast, Doctor Tahir, and to bring it home? No, I think that we covered a lot of territory. I would really just encourage people to to look more into somatic experiencing, and I guess if people wanna. Um, learn more from me or I have some free resources that are available if people are interested and they can just there will be yeah and they can just um you know get get some of those it's my uh website is www.selfhypnosisforhealing.com forward slash sleep and people can also just check me out on instagram I, I try to post some resources there particularly with regards to sleep and that's uh, just at Dr. Diane H.J. And it's D-R-D-Y-A-N-H-J. Absolutely wonderful. And the book is by Dr. Peter Levine in an unspoken voice. And I would recommend anybody. And likewise, if anybody wants to get in contact and give us some feedback of this podcast, me and Dr. Diane would be so forever grateful. Yeah. Dr. Diane, can I just ask a quick question? What's, what's coming up in the next few, for, for the rest of the year? You got anything planned? Anything good coming up that we should be aware of? Well, um, I have been um, working on a bunch of um, resources and products, and I have been asked to be a contributor to thriveglobal.com. So I'm hoping the next couple of months to start posting some articles there. That's um, Ariana Huffington's 
site, oh, so that's yes. kind of wow. exciting. Wow. And, yeah, and you, you um, mix in big comedy. <laughs> well, I, here I am with you and all of our no, listeners. Well, true. I didn't so want to that see is definitely that, big know? company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such an honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And then I, I, um, I think you and I have already been talking about um, continuing this conversation. Of course. So that's exciting too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Can I just say a thank you once again for your brilliant contribution? fantastic time. You're a fantastic person. And I'm so privileged to know you, Dr. Diane. Oh, thank you. And and likewise, Carl, this has just been such an honor and a privilege. And um, I really appreciate uh, this interview. And I'm humbled to, to be on this wonderful show. And I'm, I'm just also oh, so grateful you. to the listeners for, um, for their interest. You know where to find Dr. Diane. And please, it's phenomenal resources there. Dr. Diane is here to help you. To help, to help we're all, one in a million. So listeners, hustlers, I'll let you all go there now and I'll let Dr. Diane have the final word. All right, well, um, do check in and, uh, and check out this book. I think you're going to really enjoy it and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the show. We love having you here. Stay subscribed to stay healthy. Your Health Hustle Show provides.